we study somebody in Baptist history, and this year we're very loudly uh, our 50th. Now you can hear. In our 50th uh, anniversary, we're studying 50 Baptists. I think everybody should know. And today is number 29. Um, very important man in in uh, in history as well as Baptist history. But Adoniram Judson, and uh, Judson was born in uh, 1788 into a congregational minister's home. His father was, um, this is a funny term, I, I just made this up, but he was a fundamentalist congregationalist, uh, and he fought liberalism in his church until they dismissed him as, his pa- as their pastor. Um, uh, Adoniram was, uh, he would later become a Baptist, but uh, Adoniram was a, a very smart child. He eventually enrolled in Brown University and graduated with honors. His parents were devastated, however, when he confessed to his parents that he had embraced agnosticism and did not believe the Bible to be God's word. And rather than pursuing the ministry, as his father and grandfather had, uh, he was going to seek his fortune in the world. Now, Adoniram's conversion is a whole other story, and we won't take the time this morning. We'll tell that story later. Just a wonderful story to tell. But he was saved uh, later in his uh, early 20s, and um, God transformed his life um, in 1809. While he was training for the ministry, uh, after he was saved, he, uh, he read a sermon entitled A Star in the East, and he surrendered himself for the mission field. He and a group of other congregational uh, students, college students, began to meet regularly for prayer, and God burdened them as they heard the stories of William Carey. Uh, God burdened them for world evangelism, and they became known as the Brethren, and uh, this really would be the group that uh, was born, the, the, the foreign mission movement in America was born from this, from these group of college students that were praying together. Uh, within three months of his surrendering to the mission field, he met a young lady named Ann Hazelton, and um, she would become eventually his wife. And eventually happened very quickly after this. In the, in the fall of 1811, he was commissioned as a missionary. On February 5th, just a few months later, uh, in 1812, he and Anne were married, and on February 6th, he was ordained a congregational minister, and on the 19th, they boarded a ship for Calcutta, India, to serve in India with William Carey. Just a whirlwind of activity there. Uh, they would spend their honeymoon in the next 114 days aboard a ship as they sailed to Calcutta. And uh, Hudson expected to be located in Calcutta near Cary and the, ugly, the other English Baptist missionaries. And so uh, what I didn't say here was that, that Judson, um, w- we think that there's another man that is actually uh, George Lyle, if you remember, the former slave who went to Jamaica. He would be considered uh, really the first American missionary, overseas missionary. But uh, most of the world looks at Judson as the first American missionary, but uh, we know that Lyle was, but uh, Judson would be the second American uh, missionary ever sent out across the seas. And so um, he expected to be located with uh, Cary there in Calcutta. But the thought occurred to him, because he would be so near Cary, that he might have to defend his position on the subject of baptism. Now, he's a congregationalist. He, he didn't believe in what we, what we call believer's baptism. He believed in infant baptism. And so he began a thorough investigation on the subject of the New Testament. Very dangerous thing to do when you don't believe the truth, right? So uh, uh, he began this thorough investigation, and, and he was amazed at what he discovered. And after a long struggle, he adopted the Baptist position. And later, on September 6th, months later, uh, when they were in India, uh, they were baptized in Calcutta by William Ward, who was, if you remember, uh, uh, William Carey's faithful printer for all those years, and he baptized uh, them in Calcutta. 
Later, Ann wrote a friend, and I wanted to just kind of go through a couple things here about that decision to, to become a Baptist because I think it's important to see their thought process. They left New England as Congregationalists. They arrive in India as Baptists. Uh, that's a dramatic change uh, for a couple of reasons. But uh, she wrote this to a friend. She said, my dear Nancy, we are confirmed Baptists, not because we wish to be, but because truth compelled us to be. We feel that we are alone in the world with no real friend but each other and no one on whom we can depend but God. Um, you see, as I said, they had left, and what that meant was that all their fellowship and financial support would stop from the congregational churches as soon as they informed those churches that they were no longer congregationalists. So that's a, a, a very important moment and a very, uh, very dramatic moment if you think about being in India in 1812 with no support. And uh, that's how they were. And he wrote this to the third congregational church, a large church in uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts. He said this. He said, I know that I had been sprinkled in infancy, or I should say, I knew that I had been sprinkled in infancy, and that this had been uh, deemed baptism. But throughout the whole New Testament, uh, I could find nothing that looked like sprinkling in connection with the ordinance of baptism. It appeared to me that if a very plain person should, without any previous information on the subject, read through the New Testament, he would never get the idea that baptism consisted of sprinkling. He would find that baptism, in all cases, particularly described, was administered in rivers, and the parties are are, um, are represented as going down into the water and coming up out of the water, um, which they would not have been so foolish to do if, if for the purpose of sprinkling. Very logical argument about that. But in regard to the word itself, which is translated baptism, a very little search uh, convinced me that its plain, appropriate meaning was immersion or dipping. And though I had read extensively on the subject, I, couldn't, I could not find that any learned paedo-baptist, child-baptist, uh, had ever been able to produce an instance from any Greek writer in which uh, it meant sprinkling or anything but immersion. So a very compelling uh, story that he's writing back to the congregational churches. And so there's a lot of politics involved uh, at this point. Uh, Britain and the East India uh, Company kind of control who can stay in India and who cannot, and uh, Judson was not allowed to stay in India. He was forbidden by the, um, by the government. So they decided to move to Rangoon, Burma. And when, um, when they entered Burma in 1813, it was a hostile and really an unreachable, unreachable place. William Carey had even advised him not to go there. Um, it would be considered, I think, a closed country today. There was uh, despotism and there was a war going on with uh, 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 Siam and, and there was constant rebellion and enemy raids and, and no religious, religious toleration. Uh, all previous missionaries that had been there at all had either left or uh, been killed. And uh, just, a, just a terrible place uh, that Burma was at that time. And so uh, he began a lifelong battle in 108-degree heat with, with cholera, malaria, unknown um, miseries that would take two of his wives and um, uh, seven of his 13 children. And uh, he would work there 38 years and until his death at the age of 61. He only traveled back to America one time um, after 33 years of serving God there. Uh, so 10 years later, uh, the couple uh, and their children uh, moved from Rangoon to Ava, which is the capital of Burma. And uh, the next year, uh, so 11 years after he arrives, uh, British warships arri- arrive in the harbor, and uh, uh, they bombard the harbor, and war breaks out between Britain and Burma. Well, of course, we- all Westerns were immediately thought to be spies. And... Um, in June of 1824, he was dragged from his home and put into what they call the death prison. 
And um, he was in prison there for a year and a half in really deplorable conditions, um, on the brink of death several times. Um, his wife, Anne, would sacrifice herself and their baby to care for him. The Burmese people watched in awe as God's grace uh, and love shone through their lives. Uh, this is important for what will happen later. But uh, uh, revival would come later, but the price would be immense. Um, Anne ran the mission. She would sneak in translating materials to, to him as he was translating the scripture into, into Burmese. Um, but her health was broken. Um, then and suddenly, 18 months after he was imprisoned, um, he was released, just one day released. And what had happened was the government was starting to um, do, uh, begin negotiations with Britain, and they needed a translator. And he was released immediately, and the long ordeal was over. But a very heavy price had been paid. Eleven months later, Anne would die. And six months after that, their two-year-old daughter would die. Uh, not only were the physical, the physical conditions impossible, it seemed, but, of course, the condition of the people, the spiritual condition of the people, was also extremely, extremely difficult. And it took six years uh, for them to see their first convert, much like Carrie's uh, time in India, where, where it took all those years. And then after that first convert, there was almost 17 years of almost nothing, just very, very little movement among among the people. But then suddenly... Um, Burma experienced a great outpouring of spiritual interest across the land, and hundreds of people began to be saved. Um, I think that, you know, as you look back, uh, God was working on his servant, uh, putting him in that terrible prison. Um, the, the losses he um, suffered health-wise and family-wise were just uh, devastating, but God was doing that to prepare prepare him, and hundreds began to be saved. Uh, he would be married a second time to a lady named Sarah Boardman, a missionary's wife. But 11 years later, later Sarah was so sick uh, that they had to go back to America. And uh, he had not been back to America in 33 years. Um, however, on the long voyage back, Sarah died. And a very sad moment in his life when the ship stopped long enough on an island for him to by himself, dig a grave and bury his wife, and then sail on to America. Uh, he would actually marry a third time to um, a, a woman named Emily, who was a very godly woman, but also a very famous, famous author in New England. And she would give up her career to uh, to go back to Burma with Judson and serve alongside him. They had a very, uh, very few, very happy years together. But then the old sicknesses attacked uh, Adoniram again. And uh, his only hope was to sail to a southern island, the Isle of France, and to recover. But on April 12, 1850, he died uh, aboard that ship as they were going to that island, and he was buried um, <clears throat> at, at sea. Um, ten days later, Emily gave birth to their uh, second child, and uh, she would not hear for four months that Adoniram had died. That's how slow the news traveled. It would take four months for her to hear that he had died, and uh, she would return to America um, to stir up the churches about about missions, and she did, but she also paid the price. Uh, she died three years later of tuberculosis that she had um, gotten in Burma. But in all that very difficult time, Judson had finished the Bible in the Burmese language. Uh, he had also uh, published and written a dictionary. As you see, this is interesting to think about, the language wasn't even written down in many cases. 
So he had to actually develop the language, write a dictionary, and then translate the Bible. Just interesting how, how that they had to go through this time. Um, you know, it's interesting, the hundreds of converts um, that he, I'm sorry, the thousands of converts that he left behind um, <clears throat> leading the churches. Um, today, uh, there are close to 3,700 congregations of Baptists in Myanmar, and the, and the country's not called Burma anymore, but Myanmar, who trace their origin back to Adoniram Judson. Um, there was a census done a few years ago that said that there are 600,000 members of Baptist churches in Myanmar today, um, most of them tracing their, their lineage back to Adoniram Judson. And, it, and Judson never lamented to suffering, although it was almost unbearable. Um, he talked about this verse a lot, John twelve twenty four. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And um, wonderful servant of God, um, the second American missionary to go to the foreign field, and and uh, uh, the very heavy price he paid to reach that land and reach that land he did. And I want to thank the Lord this morning for him. Uh, next week, we're going to look at, at his wife, uh, Ann, Ann uh, Judson, and, um, and her ministry there. But uh, we want to thank the Lord this morning for him.